Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Gray Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janun. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. You don't have to be gay. Is that right? Well, what an interesting subject. We're glad to be visiting today with Rob Taylor of Metanoia Ministries. And in just a second, we'll introduce him. But Rob, um, our Rob, boy, we're we're missing part of our better third, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got like a heating pad on his throat, <laughs> and he's trying to yes. feel better. He had a, some kind of virus go through something, his home or something, something like that. Something, huh? what'd you call it, STS, swollen throat syndrome? syndrome yeah, throat. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be missing Mike today, everyone, but that's okay. We've got plenty in the bag for you. So let's welcome Rob Taylor. Hey, let me give you a quick uh, little intro, Rob. Rob Taylor is the executive director of Metanoia Ministries located in Boca Raton, which for those of you listeners who don't know, that means cat, uh, rat's mouth, uh, <laughs> Boca Raton, Florida. He's an expert in the area of homosexuality and sexual issues. He serves on the advisory board for the National Abstinence Clearinghouse, which promotes abstinence until marriage to over 1 million kids a year. Wow. And so it's kind of ironic, Rob, that I'm sitting here reading this uh, you know, intro to you off a page here. But uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much. Good to be here, guys. Yes, and the reason why that's ironic is because Rob is a very special guest. Rob was my group leader in uh, at Metanoia Ministries when I was going through and dealing with my own same gender uh, sexual brokenness in the uh, the mid and late nineties. So, Rob, we go way back. Yeah, we do. Wow. wow. I mean, this is special <laughs> because I I don't think we've ever had a guest on the show that I've gone way back like this this far back with hey rob this is uh rob this is the other rob yes rob give me some dirt hey i've got a lot (laughs) okay buddy okay let me give you my cell i'm gonna give you my cell number (laughs) yeah no problem emails no problem i can let you know everything all All the confession stuff i got it yes rob is actually gonna be posted on our website oh great all right good can i let me have that url because i'm i'm gonna need something from my attorney (laughs) (laughs) exactly no but listen it's good to have you and we're gonna be talking about rob's curriculum that he's written called beginnings but first we want to focus on on his story. And Rob, before we get into it, okay, we're talking about same gender attraction and homosexuality. What do you say to the listener who's thinking, well, this doesn't really apply to mm-hmm. me? Obviously, as you know, most of our listeners deal with sexual addiction in some form, or maybe they're a partner of an addict. But talk to the listener about, you know, why, why should they listen to a show on sexual brokenness in the homosexual or same mm-hmm. gender attracted form? Sure. You know, I think one of the things about homosexuality is that people think, well, it's not my particular issue, so I really don't have to uh, tune in or listen. But the truth is, we all know somebody who is gay. They are the people that we love, people that we go to church, people that we know who perhaps give us our latte at our favorite espresso stand. Mm. They give us the great service at restaurants that we attend. They're doctors, lawyers, attorneys, people that we work with all the time. And so they are... Uh, people that we know and people that we love. And if if you don't personally struggle with this, more than likely you do know somebody who is affected and struggling in this area in their life. Yeah, and isn't it also true that, you know, no temptation has seized us except that which is common to man. And so, you know, even though your form of struggle may not be exactly what we're talking about with the the flavor of same gender attractions, it's still at the very root, it's a sexual brokenness issue, isn't it? Absolutely. Because again, it is, 
It's the brokenness of a heart that's screaming out and grasping for something to fill it other mm-hmm. than Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that has a lot to do with your story. So tell us about how your heart was screaming out for Jesus and how you tried to fill that hole with something that just didn't last. Sure. I began my journey. Um, actually, I gave my heart to Christ when I was five at a vacation Bible school. Hmm. And that was the very first time with the faculties and understanding of a five-year-old that I I knew that Jesus was real. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when I was about seven years old until I was 12, I was sexually molested by my uncle. Every summer I was left mm. in his care. Wow. And so sexual abuse um, permeated and came into my life and also the introduction of pornography. During that time, my parents separated. My father left our home, and so I was raised by my mom uh, in a single-parent home, and I had just an older brother and myself and my mother, and we forged ahead in the life that we were given and what we could do. And in the absence of my father, I, and also, of course, the sexual abuse going on in my life, I was a confused little guy and just did not understand the complexity of what was happening in my life during those scenarios. And as time went on, I unfortunately became the brunt of much bullying in school and being a faggot, gay, queer, picked on and fights, beat up different things in elementary school to where I began to really question my identity as a young man, as a boy. I mean, I right. knew that I had the the right physicality of it, but somehow inside of me, I did not think of myself as as a boy enough, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, and other boys seemed to pick up on my lack of athleticism. And so I just really was... Uh, facing confusion and and just a distorted sense of self and identity. And that's when I began to feel attracted to uh, other boys, unfortunately. The very thing that I thought I possessed but didn't was Mm -hmm. the thing that was driving me now to try and get fulfilled. And so around junior high, as happens for most and all boys and girls, I began to reach puberty and began to notice other boys and them being different than me, I thought, or what have you. And that just um, was an attraction there that really began to escalate as time went on in my life. And I was so scared and so afraid because there was no one to talk to about this. Right. Right. And there was nowhere to turn about this. And so I was just alone in this world, feeling so alone uh, with no one to go to in my life to talk to about these things. And so that was the beginning of the cry of my heart. I turned to masturbation as a form of medicating and coping with the underlying emotional triggers and root causes of my heart and mm-hmm, soul. Mm-hmm. And so I began as a young boy to uh, experiment with that, and that seemed to work. Mm-hmm. That seemed right. to make me feel better. It mm-hmm. seemed to help me when I was feeling, you know, stressed, angry, hungry, you know, lonely, tired, uh, all of those things. I was turning to that as a way and means of coping mm-hmm. with my life. So and that, so, so that, that was, went on. So that was the answer to your trauma before recovery was masturbation. Correct. Okay. Yes. And so I turned to that as the medicating, you know, as people take medicine out of a medicine cabinet, the only thing that I had in my medicine cabinet was masturbation, and that's what seemed to work for me. Right. And so I opened that cabinet a lot, I'll say, right. and, uh, and was involved in that for years, all through high school, on into college. And it was in college, my senior year, that I had a sexual fall with another student 
um, at the school. And that was very traumatizing. I was at a Christian school, Christian college, my senior year. Um, by then, I had everyone praying, you know, asking people to pray for my unspoken request. Mm. I wanted God to, you know, take this away, the struggle, these feelings, all of that. It had just become so much for me. And yet it seemed like my prayers just didn't get answered, and I didn't know who to turn to, even on through college, yeah. uh, to, to where to turn to. So I graduated from college, went into theater, and became sexually addicted for 10 years um, with homosexual pornography, and then just fantasy, lust, all of that for 10 years and working as an actor in the Chicagoland mm-hmm. area to the point where I just could not do it anymore. I left theater, left acting, and just began to get to the process of restoration and healing. I was still living in Chicago, and it was about 1989 that I heard about Metanoia Ministries in the Seattle area and thought, wow, that's a pretty amazing place because I'd never heard of people leaving homosexuality, and here was the then director on television talking of his testimony and of people leaving and I thought I just found the lost tribe in you know, Zimbabwe because I never knew anyone else had struggled with this, let alone was a Christian, let alone had walked out of it and was having victory right. and knowing that they could be free. And hey, so, hey, Rob, hey, Rob, yes. take a breath, my gosh. <laughs> I, I want to ask you a question. Okay, for our listeners out there, they're trying to call in. They're tr- no, <laughs> yeah. no I, I love you, Rob, but take a breath. Uh, I have a question for yeah. you. Um, Please, please, I have a question for you. Uh, the question is, uh, just for our listeners, we talked before the show, so Rob knows I'm just teasing him. Um, but you We know, hope, we hope. Yeah, knows. okay, yeah. I, I oh, am yeah. Rob. And the question. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, the question is, is you know, uh, help me understand, because my addiction, even though my... Uh, my abduction was primarily uh, a homosexual abduction, but most of my acting out was heterosexually. Help me understand why that that fall, and I'm I'm assuming that fall in college, sexual fall was with another male. Help help me and our listeners understand why that was traumatic to you. Sure, uh, it was traumatic to me because I was a Christian. I was at a Christian school. Uh, I was just surprised that that could happen to me. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. had thought that I had, you know, this pretty well contained or compartmentalized in my life. I was very Christian active, if you will. I was right. very involved, like in high school and college and church and different things. And so I had it all together, quote unquote, you know, in terms <laughs> of the exterior piece. And it seemed like everything else in my life was good except for this. Right. And if everything, you know, this got taken care of, then I would even be that much greater and wonderful. Right. And so that was the, the tra- trauma behind that, besides the fact that I'd sinned against my brother, who yeah. was also, you know, a Christian in the Lord, right. and just dealing with the guilt and the shame and right. still deeper, it like took it to another level of confusion and anxiety and mm. struggle that I had not known, only fantasized about or lusted about, but then having done it, it just became it wasn't the payoff that you thought it was. It was actually right. brought on even more right. pain, shame, guilt, condemnation. It was, it sent me reeling. And, uh, yeah. and, and that was the traumatic part. See, so it, that, basically the, oh. the net net of that trauma is what you're saying is that it changed your understanding of who you were sexually. Right. And I think that's the, the real danger is that we sometimes put too much emphasis on, 
our actions and our behaviors, when we look to how to understand ourselves, uh, then our identity mm-hmm. in, a, in a more lasting sense, and that, that is our, our identity and how we were made or our identity in Christ for those of us who are Christians. But for those of us who are not, I think that there's still an understanding that needs to be had about what's my identity in God and how I was created. Right, right, right. Right, absolutely, because, again, for me, I thought if I could just quit the behavior, I would be good. Right. I would be, you know, all fine and better, hmm. and only to realize later when I had quit the behavior of masturbation and pornography that there were still residual struggles at times. There were still residual issues of integrity or character or things that God wanted to work on, my masculinity, my manhood, different right. aspects of me now that suddenly... I had to tackle and fight and press into every bit as I did to receive restoration and healing over sexual addiction and over masturbation and over pornography, to be free of those behaviors. And and now I thank God it's been 11 years since masturbation's been in my life and pornography. But it's now, though, all that energy that went to try and stop those behaviors has to now be taken because God's saying, well, now I want you to deal with these issues and look at Mm -hmm. this part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so there's an ongoing place in me that I thank God for his grace and that he is able to to continue to work in me Amen. and all these other areas now that I really couldn't see because of those struggles. It was like I couldn't even get to these other parts because those things sure. were so uh, dominating, if you will, in, in my, my walk, my daily life. And we want to talk about Rob's curriculum called Beginnings. And, and in fact, on the beginning or on the front part of your uh, healing the wounded soul. Uh, you've got an iceberg, and that, that's what you're talking about, really, isn't it? It's all the stuff that's underneath the iceberg. Really, you see the top of it's maybe ten percent, but there's all this stuff underneath the water, underneath the surface that's in there. Exactly. The we break that stuff below the surface into two pieces, and we say mm-hmm. there's the root causes, which is the mm-hmm. really deep bottom lowest part of that iceberg. That's like in my life, that was the sexual abuse. That was the separation of my father. Those are the deep things. There's nothing I can do about those. And as a result of them, I had feelings and emotions, and that was the emotional triggers, which again, no one sees your emotion. They don't know how you're feeling or thinking or whatever, but all that's below the surface. And the combination of those two led me to turn to, to homosexuality and sexual addictions. But I've got friends who deal with gambling, deal with drugs, mm-hmm. deal with alcohol, mm-hmm. deal with all kinds of things to cope and medicate. But Rob, isn't it interesting, you know, as, as somebody who uh, does therapy for the sexually broken, you know, uh, same gender attractions and, and, um, and, you know, heterosexual behavior, both provide a, a way for the enemy to confirm to them with his message. See, so you get this action that occurs in your life that's negative. So this acting out behavior and the enemy's all over that with the lie, with the message that only seems to confirm or maybe sometimes even hide the root cause. And so, you know, as a therapist or as a Christian, the goal is, is to have God reveal the root cause. But, but, you know, you talked about the trauma um, coming out of that that action, and I think it's the same. Knowing for me personally of my own heterosexual acting out, I was traumatized by that too. So you know, it, it, I don't want the listeners to think that homosexuality acting out is the only trauma uh, that can happen in acting out sexually. I think we need to even look as heterosexuals that acting out sexually outside of God's proper way of being sexual affects us traumatically as well. Absolutely, and it's long term. Absolutely. And the ramifications, 
You don't get told that up front. You don't get told that when the enemy whispers in your ear and says, come this way or go this way, and then you do, and then he's there to laugh and scorn you and then heap additional torment, if you will, upon you for having given in. Right. Mm-hmm. So before I rudely interrupted you, you're getting to the point that you were in the uh, metanoia groups out there sure, in Seattle? I, I felt led of the Lord to leave. a. Uh, I'd taken a position as a laboratory analyst in the Chicagoland area after leaving theater and felt led after hearing the testimony that I knew that I had to go to this ministry to get help. And so I left everything, my family, all for the knowledge that I knew was available through metanoia ministries. And moved out there to begin my own healing journey and process. And that was in 1991, and it took about, well, it's still working now, but (laughs) the majority of the work, I'll say, the majority of the soul work and healing uh, took place for me and others it varies, but for me it was about three years, four years, to really work through and connect the dots of how an absent father impacts a young boy's life, how sexual abuse, how peer rejection, these different root causes in the, in the forming of a young identity can impact and lead a person into homosexuality, and then working through those particular issues and nuances. And so Metanoia was there for me, and I just began to get finally a place where my soul could, you know, they say when you're when the person who's very thirsty, even the bitter gall or vinegar would taste sweet if you're thirsty, and that's mm-hmm. what I seem to have had to settle for in Christendom at times and even mm-hmm. uh, personally, because there just wasn't anything. But when I got involved with Metanoia, I, finally, I finally found a place to receive, I'll say, good drink, a good drink of water, a place where I could really begin to, to restore and to heal. And Amen. that was life-changing for me. Amen. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're meeting with Rob Taylor from Metanoia Ministries in Boca Raton, Florida. And Rob has written uh, a couple of resources called Beginnings. And one is for healing the wounded soul soul for individuals who are struggling with same-gender attractions. And then in the next show, we're going to talk about next week, uh, his Beginnings curriculum for parents and families of loved ones, families and friends of loved ones, uh, or loved ones of people dealing with mm-hmm. uh, homosexuality or or same gender attractions, and uh, I want to differentiate for just a second, Rob, about this term "gay." I'm going to pick on you a little bit here because you, sure. you're using the term "gay," and uh, everybody knows that that's a cultural term that uh, describes somebody who is either uh, dealing with same gender attractions or living in homosexual behavior or in a homosexual relationship, something like that. But I want to debunk this kind of gay myth a little bit, and maybe you can help us on this because. I think that that term uh, needs to be understood and um, even um, uh, undifferentiated a little bit in terms of how we use it in contrast to sexual addiction. Because the way I see it, and I just want to get your take on this, is really same-gender attractions or homosexuality is just another form of sexual addiction. It's just kind of a flavor, and it's the same roots. It's just a different manifestation. Mm-hmm. And um, I look at, you know, uh, uh, and I think the, really the benefit of talking about it in this way, calling it same-gender attractions, puts the emphasis on the behavior, whereas when we say something like gay or homosexual, it really tends to distort a person's understanding of identity and who a person's identity is. And, you know, mm-hmm. isn't it true that God created um, heterosexuals, not homosexuals, and uh, that we have just sometimes, those of us who have struggled with this, 
taken and kind of hijacked our sexuality mm-hmm. to make it look homosexual or use it in a homosexual way. But isn't it true that that doesn't change our identity? Right. I, I would agree with that. And I would add that uh, fundamentally, from the beginning, we were created heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And as we know, the stopping of development occurs in the forming of that heterosexual identity, as I expressed in my life with the sexual abuse and the absence of a father, et cetera, that that occurs. I think in my life and what I've seen with the people I've worked with is that I had two distinct issues Mm -hmm. that had to be dealt with in my life. My homosexual struggle which was my gay identity in terms of believing myself to be gay and trying to conform my heterosexual true self Mm -hmm. into a gay identity, Mm -hmm. and then having to deal with sexual addiction. I really had these two kind of put together, and it took time for me to separate and say, I, like, need support groups and understanding and, and, and knowledge about homosexuality, and I need support groups and understanding around sexual addiction right. because they are different, though they are closely can be connected to each other. I really, there was a difference in terms of, of the two for me that I had to distinguish and work through to be able to integrate the understanding that I dealt with both of these mm-hmm. issues in my life, and it was a reality that I faced and had. Right. Great, and great segue, brother, because you went from running groups, being involved in groups, and then you went into, well, you know, feeling or seeing the need for these these uh, booklets. So talk about what really inspired you to doing the beginning series. We just have about a minute. Okay. Well, in just about a minute, what inspired me was, of course, my own struggle and battle and my desire to not see another soul wounded and hurt and nowhere to go. And then also I have a brother who is still involved in homosexuality, and that Mm. was the inspiration in writing the book for families and friends. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about that in our next show because obviously there's a lot of people out there who this comes into their life and they have no no way to deal with it. So, Rob, thanks for being with us today, brother. It's been great, guys. All right. Well, listen. Rob, uh, our Rob, we need to talk about doing a little business with our, our... Why would somebody want to give to the Blazing Gray Show? Why would somebody want to keep us on the Excellent air? question. And, and, you know, I hear from clients and people who I've uh, been able to work with how, you know, I've been able to impact somebody's life just with hope and with healing. And I think that that's the reason why somebody should support this ministry. And it's because we really do have uh, the hope. The right. hope of freedom in Jesus Christ and that and, and through this issue. And this issue is just beginning to come out to the point where we're discussing it freely. And it's so good to have people like Rob on the uh, air today and be able to talk about his story and how he ended up finding healing. So I think that's why they should, because we're spreading the word of hope. And if you'd like to do that, then listen to the end of the show and that will give you more information to that end. But tune in next week when we are, we're back with Rob Taylor of Mentnoe Ministries. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing 
Blazing Grace, it would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the Internet at www blazinggrace.org that's triple w b l a z i n g g r a c e dot o r g forward slash radio dot h t m on that page you'll find a downloadable copy of this show or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries look for blazing grace radio if you want help resolving a sexual addiction you can reach rob mcintyre and jason graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL that's 877 877- 7685 Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening and may God shine his grace upon you. It's time to be free to live for God. Free to run. <laughs>